Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that's right. We're glad you could join us. It's time to sit back, get comfortable, talk about some weird stuff. Just chill for a while. Welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Here's Madman at nine. I feel like I should be removing my top or you something. A, you want to strip to it? Ah, it's too cold in here. Yeah, plus back in the, the days when the people played this music, they didn't dance, you know, naked naked. They at least had those spinny tassels on the boobs. <laughs> I bet you eventually by episode 10, we don't even talk about the intro anymore. Probably not. But this is episode 7 of After Hours with the Rise Guys. I'm Matt Man. He's 9. I'm 9. He's Matt Man. Uh, not years old, but just 9. Yeah, that's, that's like a name. It's a, it's a nickname, I'll be honest. We would like to say what's up to our new subscribers on Amazon Music. We just got added to that last week. Yeah, man. That's something I use for music listening to purposes. And yeah, I, I see us on there. I subscribe to us on there. So that means you could say, I'm not going to say the word, but let's say Arexa, uh, play After Hours with the Rise Guys, and it would work. It should work, yes. Cool. It should work just like that. Or you could say the Rise Guys is regular and it'd play our other show. If it doesn't work, Put your teeth in and try it. Yeah. Actually, it might work. If you just told it to find the Rise Guys, it'd probably find both of the podcasts for you. Either one. Yeah. Subscribe to them. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, as Once again, we're sitting here practically in the dark, almost just the light of the soundboard emitting to give us a little bit of seeing each other across the room, Jim. And one reason for that is uh, when I came in today and I tried to turn the lights up, they have a really loud buzz to the lights. Really? Yeah, so you can't have the lights on in here because they buzz and there's no windows. So yeah, you sit in the dark. There are no windows in here. You're absolutely right. No windows or windows either. You're absolutely right. None of that. Coming off the rave reviews of uh, the life and times of Nine's father, Eddie McDonald, uh, we've heard some really good feedback from y'all and a lot of requests about stuff that you uh, would like us to discuss and, and have on the show. Yeah, we had a lot of that, man, a lot of that. And one thing that that's kind of, it came up on the on the Rise Guys morning show, and I wrote it down on my, my notes of uh, After Hours Ideas. I think it was something was being mentioned about the 
music venue, the Spinning Jenny, over in Greer, South Carolina. Oh yeah, man, it's a it's a nice little place, historic venue. But it hasn't. I mean, it's an historic. It's a venue in an historic building. It really is. The venue's um, pretty new. It's just a couple years old. Why should there be a plaque there, and what should it say? More on that in just a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, can I tell you something? If people look for us on Amazon. Uh, you'll yes. find a song on there by the Rise Guys. We had nothing to do with that. No kidding. We never did a song parody of uh, My Generation by The Who called My Decorations About Christmas Trees. We never did that. It was, was uh, There used to be another show on the West Coast called The Rise Guys 2. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they did that, I guess. But that's not us. That's some well, other jokes. We should let corporate know. Yeah, I'd have like them <laughs> remove that from Amazon. Please. Delete, delete. <laughs> remove that song from the internet, please. Yeah, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Yeah, um, yeah so a, a lot of times, uh, especially, you know, we've been doing radio together, I guess, totally for about 19 years. Is that right? <sighs> the Rise Guys Morning Show started in 03. Yeah, so yeah, that's about right, man. You know, yeah, about 19 years. Okay. So, one thing that uh, a lot of people have asked over the years, especially if they don't know the history of the show, is how'd you two meet? See, people assume I'm wearing my Poe Mill hat right now. Mm-hmm. Nine is from Poe Mill. I lived at Poe Mill also. So, small mill village here in Greenville, South Carolina. Yes, represent the mill. People assume that we were like childhood friends and we grew up at Poe Mill just mere what half a block from each other is where our homes were yeah, i'd say a block block down but what people don't realize is that we moved in uh 1986 whereas nine you lived there i was born uh well, my parents lived there when i was born i wasn't born there but yeah i was born the <laughs> end, i was born the end of 1984 december right so yeah i was i mean i was like a, a, still a baby pretty much when matt's family moved to uh, the, the metropolis of Taylor's. Wouldn't that have been weird if I was a uh, a budding uh, middle schooler and I'm out there playing with a little baby? Yeah, yeah. So, so Matt's first exposure to me was uh, seeing the kids playing basketball on Third Avenue in Poe Mill and trying not to run them over. That's probably right. And that would have been us. That's it's so weird, but we did not know each other. No, um, we didn't know each other until we both had moved away from Poe Mill. It's absolutely right, Jim. Yeah, because I'd, I'd moved out by the time I met Matt, so we both had moved away before we ever met. We know for sure that this is going to be a two-parter, maybe a three-parter. We just, we're going to pace ourselves and not be in a hurry to tell this great story, which is the origin of the Rise Guys. Oh, yeah. It is a good story. And it, it, it is a long story, too. This is a, man, we've been, we've been up and down these roads, man. Well, I, I think that, you know, we've also uh, always said that wrestling professional wrestling there would not be a rise guys or at least a a matt and uh, jimmy friendship had it not been for for professional wrestling yeah i don't know what else we what else would have brought us together that's the thing that did bring us together and i don't know what else it would have been if not that then it wouldn't have happened i used to work part-time at a store at the greenville mall called the greenville baseball card exchange yeah you did guy named paul klein ran that place i worked there part-time and I was going to college at the time for uh, for marketing. Uh, I wanted to work for the Atlanta Braves. That was my ultimate goal. And truly, it was just to be around the Braves players because I collected baseball cards and stuff. Yeah, you just wanted to be, I want to work for the Braves so I can get all the Fred McGriff autographs I want. Yeah. Uh, 
There was a, a guy, Clemson fans will recognize the name Jim Phillips, the voice of the Tigers. Oh, yeah, man. If you're from the upstate, you should know Jim Phillips. Jim was uh, real close friends with Paul and uh, Paul Klein, the owner of Greenville Baseball Card. And uh, I told uh, I told Jim, I said, hey, you know, teach me teach me about radio or whatever. And uh, he said, well, I, I teach you about radio. I call football games. I call basketball games, stuff like this. Um, so he turned me on to a, a radio station. I don't mind saying it. WCCP in Clemson. Um, That's, that, now, this is when you first got into radio. It was at WCCP in Clemson where they have, uh, it was in, a, in a, like a double wide at the time. It was like in a, a school portable. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of okay. those brown buildings. Yeah, okay. But they had built like four or five of them together. Yeah. It was like if a, if a uh, you know. Somebody lived in a trailer, won the lottery, they would just build on to it. Yes, it yeah. Would, <laughs> We're going quadruple wide because all we can get, the, the, the lot is triple. Yeah. Um, so, to be honest with you, I knew baseball cards, I knew sports cards in general. I did, As far as actual sports knowledge goes, I was like, I don't know all that stuff. I don't know none of this. But I knew wrestling. Yes. So, there was a guy named Tommy Powell who was like the program director. He was the Mark Hendricks. Of uh, of that station, yeah, and he allowed me to do this segment. It was about fifteen minutes long each week, called Wrestling Matt. And that's where I first heard of you because I first heard of Wrestling Matt from a guy. Uh, actually, he was my Sunday school teacher. Uh, oh, bless his w- heart! When I was about twelve or thirteen, and his name was Chip. What did Chip say to you? Uh, I mean, we we'd go over, we'd watch wrestling together, like the Sunday school class would go watch WCW pay per views at his house. See, I'd go to church if they did that. Yeah, we did stuff like that, a bunch of big, a bunch of big wrestling marks. So yeah, he's oh, have you heard the, the wrestling news guy on WCCP? He's, he's got a lot of scoops. He knows a lot. Of, he knows all the stuff that's going on. You should listen to it. I'm like, okay, I'll start doing it. it was like Wednesday night or something. Yeah. So I'd start tuning in and listening to it then. It was it Wednesdays at five fifteen. Oh, okay. I thought it was like later on in the night. No, well, I, they 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 re-aired it because there was a guy named uh, oh, I'm gonna mess up his name, Butch. I Don't matter. Nobody name. knows who he is. Yeah, he had a, a night show and they would replay it sometimes. I think then. that's where I would hear it. Is it sometimes later at night when I would hear it? So yeah, yeah. And truth of the matter is, um, I would just go on. I, I would call the uh, the hotlines and get the information. I would go on to websites and just get the information, and then I would go on as some kind of sleuth saying my inside scoop. Yeah, like you, you got this from inside sources because you read the But back then, you know, you could read stuff on the internet, and people didn't know it was there. A lot of people, especially around here, they weren't using the internet, and if they were, they hadn't got past playing Ski Free, Minesweeper, and trying to load one picture on Playboy's website. That's true. They would year. think Lords of Pain was some kind of metal goth gore band. Yeah, they wouldn't know. It's where we got wrestling news. Yeah. Where Shout I was, out to Mr. Tito. Uh, yeah, and uh, Pain Lord, Calvin Martin. Back where I was I was writing wrestling columns. That's true. Yeah, which I hope, I hope to God never see the light of day. Well, Whew. I was also, I, I had a, a wrestling website, too, and I remember... I don't remember the I think you sent me an email, Jim, saying something either about the wrestling mat radio segment or you you introduced yourself yeah, in some I don't way. remember either. And you said, um, I actually write a wrestling column. Now I had no idea at this time. What year do you recall that being? Man, Any- it it had to be that was probably that probably had to be like ninety eight. Ninety eight, okay. Yeah, that was probably thirteen then. So you have to, if, if you, you know, obviously you know a little bit about nine, uh, 
homeschooled basically, but the the guy is. I would say if they if they did some kind of testing on your brain, they would have to give you some kind of college college uh, degree or a government check. Either one, take your pick. And uh, so I, I'm reading, you know, Nine's columns. This is way back before he was nine, uh, and I'm talking with him via like. AIM at this point. AIM. AIM, AOL Instant oh, Messenger. Oh, man, I used to love AIM. That was, man, I had conversations on there, not in real life at all. I had no idea <laughs> that I'm chatting with a 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I was a kid, man. I was writing my wrestling columns. They're quite vulgar. Incredibly vulgar. Incredibly vulgar. That's why I was like, this sounds... This guy sounds like Barbar Mike. That's why Barbar Mike. That's what. Well, yeah, that, that's what happens when you have a, a kid who's 13, 14 years old. You turn him loose on the internet, and all he knows in life is not being raised by anything other than Tarantino movies. Yeah. So naturally, everything I wrote sounded like Pulp Fiction. So I'm, let's see, 97. You said, or what year? I think 98. Is 98. At this point, yeah. So I would have been 23 years old. Yeah. Almost 24. Yeah. And then we we didn't actually meet in person until 99. Can I say what your column name was, your gimmick name? Uh, you can say I, I, one or the other. Don't give people too much to search for. I'll let you lay the, the line out. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say because none of that needs it. to see the line of day ever. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. But I read his columns and I'm communicating with him and uh, very, very well versed in professional wrestling. And I was like, Huh? Yeah, that's the one thing I knew was wrestling, Tarantino movies, and like Clerks and Mallrats, and and because that was the only two that were out then, and then then then, then nothing else. So you're right. Now at the same time, I this is, I'm being very honest with you. I I am on top of the world in my head because I have a 15 minute segment on. I didn't realize at the time it was kind of a podunk station, didn't have very much coverage, but at least you heard it. Yeah, and others did. Yeah, see, I mean, you, you in your mind, you're you're hot blank because you got wrestling mat down on the mat. Yes, you're going down on the mat. I would have girls say that it was an oral sex joke. It was, boy, well, how stupid! But it was kind of a double entendre <laughs> thing. But uh, so <laughs> at that same time, I uh, I get a, my own wrestling website, and it was to the point where I was writing wrestling columns just like you guys were. Yeah. But I was writing multiple ones under different names. Under different names, yeah, trying to do the website. Because I was like... It's hard to find people who can do this. Well, there's no pay. Yeah. And you just want to find people that are really hardcore about it. Meanwhile, Lord's of Pain's got a waiting list of people who write columns on there, guest columns, the whole thing. Because they had hits. Yeah, I'm over here, bottom of the barrel at Wrestling Outlaws. Yeah. Nobody wanted a piece of that. Yeah. So... There was, uh, through email exchange, at the same time, I have the website, I have my 15 minutes of fame. Wow. 15 minutes of fame. Every Holy week, moly. once a week. Wow, Andy Warhol. Yeah. Um, yeah, imagine the, the, the amount of work you put into one 15-minute segment per week. The editing, dude. And I'm doing this without any radio equipment. I'm doing this with two tape decks. Yeah. Sided. I had, like, the theme songs underneath me and everything. That's crazy. It's That's crazy funny. to think that I could do that now, but I can't do crap now. You know, I could do that then, but I can't do a lot of technical stuff now. Yeah. So, uh, at the same time, I'm I'm feeling on top of the world, and then uh, a guy named Brody Ray Chase invited me to come out and make an appearance at his wrestling event, which at the, the Stray Cat, the Stray Cat Brody Ray Chase. Yeah. He he actually wrestled for NWA way back when. Yeah, I mean, it, 
Yeah, there's, he, he had a good many TV matches with the Road Warriors that lasted about 12 seconds. But you know what? A lot of people didn't get that. Yeah. He contacted me wanting me to come make an appearance. I realized at the same time, I, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, he knew that I would talk about that on Wrestling Match. Yeah, he knew you'd talk about that. Come see me, my appearance. Right. I'll be wearing my, my cool Hawaiian-style shirt, the navy blue one with the little white flower prints on it that every fat man owned in the late 90s because you could only buy six shirts if you were a hefty boy. And you know what sucks <sighs> is that's the shirt that I'm wearing in our office with me and Vince McMahon. Yes, it is. I'm wearing that stupid shirt. Dude, I had the same shirt. I, I know. With my damn eyebrow pierced. Yep. God almighty. Nowadays, it's okay if I go in and airbrush that or, or Photoshop it, right? Everybody, yeah, girls, put the filters on. I'll wear a different shirt. See, you'd have to ask girls because if they're not photoshopping, well, <laughs> women now, if they're not photoshopping those late '90s, early 2000s pictures of them wearing cargo pants with a thong sticking up, oh god! If they're not photoshopping that, you can't photoshop the eyebrow ring. Good lord, yeah. that was hard to do, especially with ladies. If you're wearing the mom jeans, you really had to pull them all the way. Up. Oh yeah. So uh, that's when the the, the the really low waisted pants and cargo. Pant, everything was cargo. Everything cargo. We had a lot of stuff in our pockets before cell phones happened. Yeah, and really we didn't at all. No, we had nothing in them. Now we need them and refuse to wear them. So I got into what the independent wrestling circuits uh, circuit. Really. Yeah, you got to know all the legends: Brody Ray, Chase, uh, the, the 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 Chief J Eagle, Chief J Eagle, Extreme Dream, Mickey Free. Yeah, you probably get to know George South a little bit. Cruiser Dam Lewis, Cruiser legend, Lewis and Snorton. Yeah. And uh, so I got involved in that. Well, there was some kind of breakup of the organization that Brody ran. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the squabble was about. Money. Was that likely? Right. What else would it be? So half the locker room <laughs> went to this place called Southern Championship Wrestling, SCW. Oh, it was Southern Carolina Wrestling. Was it Southern Championship? I, thought, I have a belt at home. I'll be glad to look and see for sure. Yeah. But, I'm pretty sure it was Southern Carolina wrestling. I don't know. Maybe it was you Southern might be right because the other one might have been the one that the guy Cowboy ran. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Regardless of the SCW and Greer, uh, half the locker room goes there. I was buddies with uh, uh, taking time bomb Scotty Wren. That's where he went. I said that's where I'll go too. Yeah, I'm following my buddy. Lo and behold, after being there for several weeks, you sent me a message and said, I'm going to come to the show tonight and check it out. Yeah, because I, I, I knew the shows were going on. I think at that point I'd already uh, ventured as far out as uh, the, the, the the shores of beautiful Lake Bowen, the Shamrock Cafe, to see uh, Chief J. Eagles APW. Oh, man. To see uh, a, a young man that people now know as R-Truth when he was just oh. starting out. Oh, man. Yeah. He was part of the original Gangstas. Yeah, he was on there with, uh, he's still with a guy named Backstreet Sonny Stone. Oh, man. And this is, I'm talking, a great gimmick. Yeah, is, I'm talking about this is like <laughs> a great gimmick. 21, 22 years ago. I mean, our truth, Ron Killings from Charlotte was just now, just then starting out. That was before he ever, he was wound up in WCW, WWF. He wound up in ECW, back to WWF, TNA, and all over, every one of them at some point. I and think. he's like one of Vince McMahon's like favorites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Love this dude's him. had a steady TV presence for 20 years and a hell of a nice guy. Well, yeah. And, and beyond that, you know, through the Cornelia, Georgia area, that's where AJ Styles was. Yeah. You know, so I got to see a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, then, then, uh, then, then my, uh, my first trip to SCW was a good one. Well, not for the wrestling. The wrestling was hot garbage. It wasn't no, even hot garbage. It was on. lukewarm trash. But let me. It was the, the it was the juice that drips out of the back of a garbage truck rolling down the street. I've seen that juice. That's what it was. I've stepped in it barefoot before. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to point out before anyone sitting there thinking that I was lacing up the boots and putting on the tights. Yeah. I was a manager. You were the champion at one point. Well, that was by my own doing. Yeah, it was. I had the book. Yeah, the point. book, brother. You were calling the shots. 
And uh, so this particular night that I knew, then the, as I only knew him, as you know, just as his government name, yeah. uh, I knew that uh, I'll call you Nine just for continuity here. That's fine. I knew it's that easy. Nine was going to be there. Well, after the locker room cleared out that one particular evening, and um, we were, this was probably an hour and a half after the show, air quotes, had ended. Uh, I pull out of the parking lot, and there's a a light pole, and I don't know if it's still there or not. It's one of those old school light posts. Oh yeah. It's probably still there. And there was this teenage kid standing there looking scared to death. And I hope you don't mind me saying that. But you should have been. I mean, where it was <laughs> and what time of night it was. Greer? Well, you know, that particular area <laughs> then. It hasn't been as nice. You know, they've niced it up now. Yeah. Then it was, you know, sketch after dark. Oh, yeah. It was on the other side of the track from the nice part. Now, SCW, where they had it, which as you now know from listening to the beginning of this, is now the Spinning Jenny music venue in Greer. Yeah. At one time, it had been a roller skating rink. Well, now they figured that out. I think they just now put that together. No, but I'm, I'm talking about the history of that building. Yeah. It had been it, a roller skating rink prior to uh, being a, uh, a wrestling venue. Yeah, it's the Spinning Jenny, a concert venue now. Prior to that, it was, I think, empty for about two decades. And before that, uh, it was the, uh, the SCW Arena. Before that, it had been a feed and seed store, a roller skating rink. They would have weddings there, too. Yeah. Um, so Event space. I'm with uh, with my uh, friend girl at the time, and yeah. uh, we're leaving, and I think it was kind of her that said, hey, let's see if this kid's okay. I, I think it really was. Because yeah. I had no idea, again, that you were 14. I had no clue. Yeah. So she rolls down the window and says, hey, are you okay? And you said, I will be when my mom comes and comes and gets me. Yeah, man, it was my childhood was one of those where you'd get dropped off somewhere, and then I'm not saying people forgot to come get me. I'm just saying like they would, you know, fall asleep and not come get me. Right. It was usually that. Go have a nerve pill and forget to go get you. Well, whatever the case may be, whatever just forget to come get me, or I'd fall asleep and not come get me. Yeah, that was the thing. It happened quite a few times as a kid. And then you looked in and introduced yourself, and I, dude. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You ever had that moment where you've been to, maybe with a girl you've been talking to online or ladies listening, maybe a guy, this is pre being able to see pictures of them. And then when you see them in person, they just don't match up at all. You didn't think that I'd be like a a 14 year old, 400 pound fat nerd kid. I wanted you to say it. You're very large for your age. Huge, man. That's a house. Very big. Yeah. 
And when I found out that that was you with that amazing vocabulary, I look, I'm not sitting here sucking you off. I'm just saying you were, you could, you should write a book just because you're, 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 I, it does sound like I'm sucking you off. Forget well, it. Well, you, you it's just amazing going. to find out I you know, there, <laughs> that you were 14 yeah. writing in, in that depth. So when I found out that that was you, I was a culture shock, whatever the word is. And then I said, I'll take you home, man. I don't want you to wait. This pre, maybe not pre cell phones, but you didn't have one. Before, on you. Yeah, before most people had them. Yeah, I mean, in the late 90s, not very many people had cell phones on them. They were around. And uh, everybody, you know, like businessman, everybody had one. Right. Uh, but you had yeah, a car phone. <laughs> most people walking around didn't have a cell phone on them at any given time. Yeah. So I'm assuming that, and I don't think at us talking online, uh, Nine, I don't think we ever got to the point of where you lived. That probably would have been a little weird. Hey, where do you live? Um, Maria. I said, hey, man, get in the car. I assumed you lived in Greer. I assumed Taylor's. Close maybe. by, not 30 minutes away. He lived in Bria. Yeah, which was every bit of 30 minutes away. Right there across from the, you mind if I say? No, that's the, fine. The, the Capri's of Bria. I don't live there now. I know, but I don't know. If you, right you down know, the road from the Apollo King. Go looking for your house. Back in the day, Blockbuster was still open up the road. So I'm thinking I get a 10, 15 minute drive. No. Well, no, it turned into ever how long it was, 30, 40 minutes. That's one way. Nine did not talk the entire way there. Yeah, man, I couldn't talk to people back then. And then that's where it got kind of weird because, you know. How did the, wait a minute. How did the kid we pick up turn out to be the weird serial killer, one of the bunch? How did this guy who talks with such, an, again, an incredible vocabulary. I went to some college. I didn't have this kind of, you know, diction going on. <laughs> yeah. And then you wouldn't talk. So I'm like, man, this I think I turned on the light at one time and turned around like, you good, man? And You dead? You wouldn't even look up. You would just look down at the ground and, and, and speak. Yeah, man, I couldn't look at people and talk to them. I was, uh, I was kind of raised by wolves, I think, but not not raised by wolves. I wasn't raised by anybody. <laughs> I would have been better off with wolves because they would at least, you know, they would have raised me. Shorten that a little bit and I'd like it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I like that. Raised by wolves. I like that part. Um, so I'm, I'll be honest and say that I felt... I'm not going to say that I felt bad for you, but I felt like you needed. This is going to where people. Are, I hate to hear what Fat Boy's going to say about what I'm about to say. He and probably I don't won't care. Listen. But actually, he will listen, but he won't say anything about it because he wants to pretend he didn't listen, even though he does listen because he knows he's hell. I, I've now I, I consider you my peer on, on the same level. I, I don't think of age as far as uh, like I, I'm going to be 45 next month. You are. I'll be 36 in December. Okay. Um, I, I just kind of felt like you needed a big brother because I, yeah I needed somebody to to, to to do something. I was in a bad way. Oh, I mean I I was I was you know I was like well I stayed fat forever pretty much but uh but I mean not always that fat but still you know at the same time I needed to get out of the out of the house. Yeah, I needed to experience the world beyond my my parents. So round about this time, um, I had an opportunity. There was. A, a guy that used to work for 93.3 The Planet uh, here in Greenville, uh, his name on the radio was Smack Taylor. Yeah. And I don't, again, I think it was a mutual friend. I think it was at a, a I want to say it was a party or, or just some kind of birthday dinner or something. And he introduced himself and uh, he knew of the wrestling mat segment. Of course he did. He had cats named Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard. He was a big wrestling fan. Yeah. Cats named Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard. And, uh, 
I I saw Smack recently, and that was that was a, a great uh, thrill for me because I hadn't seen him in years. But he uh, he told me he said, "Look, I don't know what you got going on down there, but and your bridges, he meant." <laughs> It didn't sound like something he'd say. He said, "I have a, a guy that does a, a you know he does a little comedy segment for me because Smack Taylor was doing nights here on the planet yeah. seven to midnight. Yeah, he had five hours of content to fill along with playing all them songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he does some voices, calls in, does some funny things for me. Um, I'd like to, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I'd like to talk wrestling with you on my show. Like to get you on, get you, get you, get you." And uh, ultimately, he did. And I felt like such, again, such a badass for telling WCCP, hey, guess what? Yes, I'm going over here. I'm going across the street. I got called up to the bigs. Yep. You know? Yep. And uh, I started doing uh, Wrestling Matt, uh, the segment with Smack Taylor on his show. And uh, through that, through working, from going and working on a, uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity, and I will love and uh, cherish the moments and conversations that I had with Tommy Powell and uh, Butch Estes, that's who it was, from yeah. Furman. I enjoyed every bit of that. But to go from that to 93.3 The Planet is essentially like going from the minor leagues to the majors. And through that, by saying... Now, I'm getting no money for this, by the way. Well, I'd like you, to point that out. You changed audiences, too. You changed over from, uh, from what was it at the time? An, an Clemson old, fan. An older sports-oriented audience, of mainly middle-aged guys. Yeah. And you changed over to what at the time was a really young audience for the radio station we currently work for. Oh, yes. The Planet. At the time, man, their, their audience was very young. It's not as young now as it was then because that young audience has grown up into adult people. Back then, it was a really young audience. It was a cool audience, too. Sure. It was the rock and roll crowd. Well, see, that's the good thing about The Planet now, 93.3 The Planet, is you know that audience has aged with us, but now uh, the 90s grunge and the early 2000s rock is catching on with the earlier demographic, so we're kind of feeding both sides, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, so th- by working a pseudo working for the planet, uh, I was able to. Uh, they were giving away tickets to wrestling shows. Yeah, wrestling shows. Well, you got to do everything back then. Man. I was able to get backstage at uh, at WCW Nitro. That's yeah. how long ago it was. Got to interview Goldberg. Yep. I took a picture with him. I was wearing an NWO shirt, and he says, "I'll only take the picture with you if you take your shirt off." That's protecting the business back then. And I was like. I'm not taking my shirt off, so I kind of pulled it up, and it, I look so stupid. I have so many pictures where I would love to display them. I look dumb. I'm like I had an undershirt on, so it's essentially like I'm doing this right now. I have my undershirt, and then my other shirt pulled up like this yeah. in the photo, and I had a sharpie in my mouth. Okay, because I got his autograph too. I'm such a fanboy. Was it Iron Mike sharpie? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. Um, so. ECW, the great extreme championship wrestling, was doing a weird southeastern tour. Mm-hmm. Very rare for them to do that. Yeah, they had uh, they hadn't been to this part of the South ever at this point. They'd never been to the Carolinas that I'm aware of at this point. So, help me with I believe. Tell me if I'm right in the because uh, this was a three day road trip. Yeah, was it Spartanburg first? Spartanburg first. Then Asheville. Then Asheville. And then we go to... Rock Hill, Rock South Hill. Carolina, what right outside of Charlotte. Uh, Winthrop University. Winthrop, okay. Yeah. 
Winthrop Civic Center, whatever they called it. ECW in its prime. Winthrop Arena. Dudley Boy, Sabu, RVD, Paul Heyman is still running things from the back curtain. I was right. It was vulgar and violent and bloody and stuff was on fire and people were getting hurt and it was beautiful and it was, it was perfect. It was. It, it encompassed that era of the late 90s. It was. It was everything. Yeah. Man. A bunch of cussing dudes burning each other alive and bleeding all over the place. It was everything you wanted as a boy Fire, in 1999. blood, barbed wire, and girls. Yeah. Almost losing their tops. And, getting, and everybody getting powerbombed through tables. Everybody was. Everybody. So, um, through Smack Taylor, because the station was giving away tickets to these events, I think at least two of them, uh, Smack Taylor got me press passes. Mm-hmm. Press pass. Press pass. Two of them. Uh, so what did I do? I called up Jimmy Jack Jackie. I said, listen, I have this opportunity. I don't even remember the phone conversation. I just know that I could feel the happiness yeah. on the other side of the phone. Because I had tickets to Spartanburg with my dad. I went to that one with my dad. But I wasn't going to get to go to Asheville or Rock Hill. I was just going to get to go to Spartanburg and then sit at home for the rest of the weekend wishing I could go to Asheville and Rock Hill. Yeah. Spartanburg was my favorite show out of all those, no yeah. offense, but that's where I got to meet every single one of them. I got a picture with Paul Heyman. It's like one of my favorite things. Oh, is it? I love it. But you look dumb, according to you. Not in that picture. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so from the Spartanburg, uh, the Asheville show, and that's where we're driving the road, up up and down the road together. Yep. And I'm not sitting here and say, oh, I'm getting this because of the radio station, not anything I do. But you were able to also join me in meeting a lot of these guys and taking pictures. Oh, yeah, man. Got to go see some cool shows and do some stuff. That was our, our first time on between that trip and the, or the trip to Asheville and then the trip to Rock Hill the following day. Don't forget Greer to Berea. Yeah, and Greer to Berea. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, what was the other one? The, uh, the time we drove way further than we thought we were going to drive to meet Arn Anderson. Holy moly. Yeah. What was that town? Monroe, North Carolina, oh. which we thought was a little bit the other side of Charlotte. No, it's like you go up to Charlotte, and then you take a turn due east, and you drive about another hour. Was that? That's, Maybe an hour and a half. It was a long way out there. Was that prior or after ECW? It was around. The, it was in that same window same of time. time. It might have been a little. I think it was after, though, because I think ECW was in the spring, and that was in the summer. Wrestling was on fire on all ends. It was, it was so popular at that point, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but we got to talk a lot, and I noticed, obviously, you know, you don't want to sit in silence for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. We started talking more. Yeah. And I and this is weird for me to say, but I was developing a friendship with a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, you were. And I did not ever <laughs> think about... I was a 14-year-old boy. I never thought about the way it may have looked. Yeah, you know, I certainly didn't either, especially at the time. Because um, I was 26. Yeah. No, you weren't that old. Well, yeah. let's see. How old are you now? 20, uh, 35? 35. 35. And I'm on nine years yeah. old. Nine years change. I forget. I used to be good at math. But regardless, a, a significant difference. Yeah, at most it would have been, would 10, have been 10 years for a couple of months. I would have been 23. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But still, I did not think about it. And I don't know if, I, I should ask Mary, did you ever think anything was weird about that? You know, about me running up and down. Your parents certainly ne obviously never said anything. She'd probably think, you know what? I'm proud of you because you were doing something good. Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> such a blast. By the way, I believe it was the Rock Hill show is where Lita debuted in ECW and then, of course, went on to be a WWE Hall of Famer and follows me on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. She was around then. Yeah. That's where, uh, yeah, that was, man, that was a fun time. Fun weekend, fun evening. It was a great time.
Tell the Mike Awesome story real quick, if you would. All right, Mike Awesome was an awesome wrestler. That's why his name was Mike Awesome. He's this big dude, like 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". Nephew of Hulk Hogan? I don't, I'm not sure. But Somehow related. We're like 6'6", six, six to 6'8". Six yeah. He was in that range. Big dude, like 300 pounds. He'd do all the dives over the top rope and stuff to the outside of the ring. Had a badass mullet. Yeah, power bombing people like over the top rope, through tables, through the concrete floor below. So this dude, they, they, he put on incredible matches at the expense of his own body and, and mind. Uh, but I was waiting out back for Matt to come out and... Uh, New Jack, who's the guy everybody's terrified of, he's a legit badass, he comes walking out with this little pit bull puppy on a leash, and he gets in this old, busted-ass, like, 1980s Buick and drives off. And a couple minutes later, a rental car comes around the corner and uh, rolls the window down, pulls up, and it's Mike Awesome driving this little rental car. He's a great big monster <laughs> man in his little compact rental car. And, uh, <laughs> it's like Fat Boy leaving everything. He looks at me and says, hey, kid, you seen New Jack? And I'm like, yeah, he just got in an old car and went that way. And I pointed up the road. And then he, he looks at me and he goes, hey, kid, you seen New Jack? And then I said, yeah, he just got in an old car and went that way. And I pointed up the road. And then he said, okay, thanks. And then he went that way, too. But it's like the first time never even happened Too to many him. chair shots. Yeah, that night he probably had, he's probably had a fresh concussion at the time when he was asking me that question the first time. Oh, they were rowdy then, big time. Oh, yeah. That was the night that Just Incredible, I talked him out of his cane. He gave me his... Not, not like a, his walking stick. No, a Singapore cane that he used as a weapon. Kendo stick, they call it nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we had that, that nice... I noticed a, a kinship, but again, I thought nothing of the age at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just you know we we were two guys who got along. It was it, it was kind of like you were an older brother, you know. That's like, what I thought of it as. Like I wanted to be that, not in a weird whatever well, way, but well, just like I thought you needed that, and I was fine to do it. Well, yeah, definitely, I needed somebody to come along besides my my like very depressed parents. Yeah, <laughs> that was because that was no way to live. Well. Then Smack Taylor called me. I'll never forget. It was a Friday night. I was hanging out with the same girlfriend that rolled down the window to ask you if you needed help. That yeah. Night. And he says, look, there's become a, a position available here at 93.3 The Planet, one you'll actually get paid for. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, when is it? Is it lunchtime? Is it afternoons? When is it? <laughs> He's like, 12 midnight to 6 a.m. Yeah, it is. That sounds about right. And I was like, God almighty, man. I mean, there was a point... Bless her heart, Paige came in because she would come in on Saturday mornings and, and, and do 6 to like 10, I guess. Yeah, so she's coming in to relieve you. <laughs> she came in and woke me up. Yeah, you were asleep. I was asleep. Or, so, yeah, I was asleep past that. You fell asleep. So I knew that I needed some help. I also wanted to have some fun in there. I didn't want to just play records. I wanted to talk. I wanted to. I did a, a thing called a DUI, dialing under the influence. I get drunk people to call me. That was great. It was fun at night. But I needed somebody there to to stir it up with me and have some fun. And that's where intern James. Entered 93.3 The Planet. Uh, to be honest, it was probably just so you didn't eat the whole sausage pizza by yourself. Dude, <laughs> shout out to the original Pizza City. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. They used to take good care of us on Saturday nights. I mean, we paid for the pizzas and all that. But, yeah, you but know, they, they delivered They got out of the way to deliver, and they weren't a delivery place. No, they were not. But they would deliver to the station, and we could eat uh, sausage pizza and cannolis. All night long. And it was a, it was a good New York-style pizza with the thinly shaved Italian sausage instead of little balls like you get at chain pizza places. Yes. Like the good stuff. It was so had. good, and, and the, the grease would soak through a little bit. Oh, my yeah. God. I can taste it right now. It was good pizza, man. And now. the cannolis with the chocolate chips. Oh, mm. 
And through that through that time, and that's another thing that's weird. Your mom or dad one is dropping you off at a radio station at midnight to again hang out with this dude on. on. Yeah, yeah, they didn't think nothing of it. Apparently, well, they they might have, but they didn't say nothing about it. Well, they they had met me, and I mean, you know, yeah, you they know. could kind of look me up and down and say, "All right, this this guy ain't gonna do anything. He yeah. likes wrestling just as much and, as young Jimmy." And does. honestly, they probably think, "Well, he's getting out of the house, and we don't have to do anything, so that's good." Yeah. And and that was at a point where I was trying to keep the wrestling involved. I was still calling myself Wrestling Matt doing the overnight shows. Yeah, you, you were. Know? WM. There was a funny time when uh, we were in the same building with uh, WESC, mm-hmm. and uh, they had uh, someone call out. And I remember uh, the legendary Long John Landrum calling me and said, I need you to do one break on WESC. And I was like, well, I can't be Wrestling Matt. This was in... Seven minutes. You should have been steer wrestling, Matt, but you didn't have time to think now about that. Now you tell me. I just thought of it 20-plus years later. I was Cowboy Matt. You were Cowboy Matt, yeah. yeah for one segment ever on WSC. Yep. Uh, but this was, I wanted to keep the wrestling involved. I remember, do you remember when we interviewed Diamond Dallas Page at like 1 a.m.? Oh, yeah. Do you remember when we interviewed Vince Russo at like 2.30 in the morning? Absolutely. All these different wrestlers just trying to keep it going. Little did we know that things were going to change. Yeah, and we were going to be huge stars in professional wrestling one day. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's a different story. No. That's in an alternate reality where that happened. Things were going to uh, change. Do you think there's an alternate dimension where we're the tag team champions right now? That'd be awesome. I hope we we, we take out the Nasty Boys. <laughs> we probably did. If you heard last episode. But no, in the alternate dimension, they're really nice guys, so we're the dicks. Right, of course. <laughs> but during this time... Uh, that uh, that I'm doing the, this overnight uh, segment or ever overnight show rather midnight to six a.m. with uh, intern uh, James. Uh, the station got a uh, a new program director. It did, yeah. I'm also here. known as the voice of this show, Mark Hendrick. I'm here, guys. And it's he was, me. He was, just got here from Des Moines. He was doing one on one meetings with all the staff members when he first came here. So I was like doing midnight to six a.m. I'm like last person he's going to probably talk to. Let me talk, talk to this scrub, huh? And he says, "So uh, Matt, yeah, Matt, what do you uh, what do you see your radio future like?" And I I swear to God, he probably hates when I tell this story because it makes him look bad, but it's true. <laughs> he says, uh, "What do you see your radio future looking like?" I said, "I want to have my own morning show." <laughs> And he did that thing where, you know, like you look at a bill after you've eaten and drank all night long and you look at the bill and you look at it and you go, Ooh, how do I spend that much? Yeah, like how do I how do I tell him, hey, you better not uh, bank on that. You know, I don't think I ordered that many shots of JMO, but I'm way too messed up to question the bill. And I remember that and feeling that's the motivation right there. And as you well know, lo and behold, we ended up where I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that, that I can't wait to cover when we get in. I guess, I mean, we're, before we get into all that, it's going to have to be part two, I guess. This we're is getting, a, our part three coming down the road, too. But what I want to get into is how, dude, nobody believed in us being able to do what we've done so far. Not a damn soul in the world. I'm talking about probably not even our own mamas. If anybody's going to believe you, it'll be your mom. No, no way in hell anybody thought that this would go somewhere. That this would be like a, a career option, that we would be doing this for, for going on 20 years. I like to think that we came in as a floater morning show. They were going to float until there was 
another opportunity to bring in, yeah. quote, a packaged morning show. Yeah, 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 there, yeah. <laughs> nobody believed in us then. And I'm pretty sure there was another time in 2009 a lot of people didn't believe in us, but that's when they found out who was doing what. That's why this is going to definitely be a part three. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot to cover coming up on this. I think we've, we've told a good part of the chapter so far. I mean, that's several chapters, but uh, certainly there's more to, to talk about how we got to that point and how I said, we need an intern. And yeah. you know, we've only had three since you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We haven't had very many at all. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good, uh, do you feel that's a good place to stop it up? Man, I think it is because we're just now getting to the point where the show is about to come together and become a show. Um, we're, we're just getting into that between the fall of 2002 and January of 2003 where this thing started. We're just getting there right now. So it seems like a, a logical place to, to, to stop and save all that for next time. You know, it's so crazy, but it happened to me again uh, over last weekend where a guy came up, and this is in front of Caitlin, so it's kind of embarrassing. He's like, man, I've listened to your show since I was 10 years old. Yeah, He's and this guy's now? like, dude, every bit of it. And yeah. I was like, Wow. Thanks. I feel old. Yeah. But there's quite the story to tell. Um, so that's where we'll end it. This is episode seven of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Jimmy, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Matthew. I enjoyed being paid to come in here and talk to you. It was fun, right? I would do it for free. I don't know. Well, I would do it for free, but I'm not here. I would. I'd do it somewhere else for free. No. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Uh, if you know somebody that's really into podcasts exclusively, share this with them. And uh, we'll preach, we appreciate you. Spread the word. Yeah, we'll be back next week with more of this captivating story of friendship and success and uh, overcoming everybody on earth doubting your ability to do anything. It is good. All right. Get out. Time to close the doors on another episode of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Subscribe on Radio.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Pass it around to your family and friends and other P1s. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 